The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Thursday edition of PFTOT, the post-PFT live show, where we talk about things that we either didn't get to or things that we would like to expand on a little more. And Chris, there's one angle that we didn't fully explore as it relates to the New York Jets and their search for a new general manager. Basically, who will be the next GM of the Jets? Joe Douglas, the name that has come up. Daniel Jeremiah's name has been thrown out there. Louis Riddick reportedly will interview. I Look, they want a strategic thinker. They want a leader. They, you know, the, the kind of guy they want just I may not be available right now. Somebody who would perfectly fit exactly what Christopher Johnson wants. And I think it makes it even more likely that they're going to get a guy that Adam Gase wants to essentially be the glorified table setter for Gase, almost like what John Gruden has in Oakland with Mike Mayock. I think that's what Gase is going to end up with in New York. Yeah, well, I, I agree with you there. I don't know if Gase will get, all, you know, overall arching power over every move that's made the way like John Gruden has in as far as that situation. Uh, I, I would actually hope that Adam Gase does not. I hope that they hire a GM that Adam Gase will trust to make those decisions and he doesn't have to worry about that aspect of the business right now and just coach the football team and make the team as good on the field as possible. But Joe Douglas is, uh, you know, where it started and ended for me. When we first heard these rumors, you know, prior to the draft, Joe Douglas was the name I heard from a number of people. And to me, I would think he is a leader in the clubhouse. You know, to me and my understanding, too, and I don't know all this and I haven't made all the connections and calls yet, too, I don't think Adam Gase and Joe Douglas have worked together. Uh, maybe I'm wrong. I just think there must be a, a, a professional, you know, relationship and they've met each other many times. Uh, you know, I get, I'm guessing in the NFL circles, and they they uh, apparently like what each other says about football and evaluating players and whatever it may be. But Joe Douglas, I mean, come on, he he was working with the Baltimore Ravens for a long, long time. He certainly knows what it takes to build a successful team. The years he was there, gosh, they were relevant Super Bowl playoff conversation almost every single year. Got to work under guys like Ozzie knows Newsom and Eric DaCosta. A lot of great minds there. And now the last few years been with the Philadelphia Eagles to where just at very base value, that's an impressive two teams, Chicago Bears sandwiched in between. Uh, that's uh, a pretty good resume and some pretty good spots that he's been at. There was an overlap between Douglas and Gase in Chicago. Oh, Remember that's Gase where was the it was. Offensive gotcha. coordinator with uh, Jay Cutler as the quarterback. Thank you. But, but, but here's the thing. Yeah. And, and this is where this whole dance of final say becomes very intriguing because if Gase is going to hold final say, you can't hire away a Joe Douglas if he's still under contract with the Eagles unless the Eagles are fine letting him go. The only way you can pluck a guy from another team who is under contract without that team saying, yeah, sure, go ahead and leave, and rarely does a team do that, is if you're giving him final say, traditional GM powers. And what we could have here ultimately, because I still think, Chris, that Gase is going to be the king of the Jets football organization when this is all said and done. What we could have here is another Eric Mangini, George Kakinas situation. When Mangini was the coach of the Browns 
and they hired George Kikinis away from the Ravens to be the GM. Kikinis had final say in writing, but he was foolish enough to think he actually had final say. Mangini ran the show. They put what they had to put in the contract to get Kikinis. And it wouldn't surprise me if at the end of the day, that same kind of thing plays out with the Jets, with the new GM ostensibly having final say, but Gase running the program. And I think that Gase dynamic is going to hover over this. You And if you're Christopher Johnson at this point, if you're making this move, you, you want a GM that's going to work with your coach. You want a GM that the coach yes, wants. Right. You don't want to bring in a GM from scratch who's going to say, okay, everything looks fine here. First thing I got to do is get rid of the coach. Yeah, no, I, I mean, agreed. I mean, you want somebody that, the, yeah, the coach believes in, that the coach can trust. When the coach goes to coach the football team, he doesn't have to worry about, gosh, I hope this guy is doing, you know, uh, his job up to my expectation levels here, why I can't keep my eye on the personnel department and all those things. So that's why I think it makes a lot of sense from that standpoint. I hope they don't give Adam Gase full power over the roster. I'm hoping that's is why they're having this conversation because this is a guy that Adam Gase trusts with the vision of the roster and the team in general, and he knows that he can add his two cents into the conversation as far as evaluating players and everything like that anyways. But just that would be my advice to Adam Gase. Coach the football team. Uh, I know he's capable of making roster moves. I also know in Miami it didn't go great, and I know it wasn't all his fault because as you know, as I know, there's a lot more issues going on behind the scenes in Miami than I think people realize. So uh, I would just like to see him coach the team and let other people handle the roster stuff. Biggest problem in Miami, there isn't an owner who lives in town and is in the building every day. Christopher Johnson spending more time at the Jets facility. It's important to have the person who signs the checks and can tell people to come and go to be in the building on a regular basis. All right, Ezekiel Elliott not going anywhere for the Dallas Cowboys, at least not anytime soon. He recently said he's not worried about his contract. And I think, Chris, you and I would agree that the response to that should be why you should be why you, why, why are you not you worried concerned? about it yes yeah. yeah because there's a potential that they are going to chew you up and spit you out they're going to use you for five years under your rookie deal maybe franchise tag you once and then you go the way of demarco murray whose reward for setting the franchise record for single season rushing yards was to end up with the philadelphia eagles so ezekiel Elliott should be worried about it these are his prime earning years and he is going to slide out of his prime quickly and he's not going to be worth what he would be worth now and, and, you know, I don't want to be like, oh, you're creating trouble. No, I'm trying to get this guy paid. Yeah. He's giving his body up on every play. The car crashes you always refer to, right. Chris. That's what he's doing. Draw a line in the sand and say, pay me. Forget about all these other guys. Pay me. I'm the straw that stirs the drink. That's what Stephen Jones said recently right here on PFT. PM or OT or live. I don't know. I can't one of your straight. Either way, he things. told us that. Yes. One of the various PFT properties. Well, Go yeah. Ahead. I mean, I, I mean, I, you know, yeah, I, you and I are in total agreement here. And Ezekiel Elliott should be worried about the new contract. I mean, gosh, he plays the position at such a physical level. God, I, I do wonder about his, you know, long term uh, ability to play and have a long career because of the style of football. So, yes, I do think he should be asking for money uh, right off the bat. He deserves to be paid like one of the highest paid running backs in football. But this is where teams take advantage of football players because 
more times than not, football players have the type of DNA and way about them that Ezekiel Elliott does, which is I'm just going to go play football and I'll be a good team guy and you know I won't ruffle any feathers or make my coach or my owner who's been nice to me unhappy with me or anything like that. You know, football players for the most part are loyal soldiers. Yes, sir. Yes, coach. I'll do this, coach. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All of that. So it kind of preys on their weakness here where I think, yes, he's trying to be Mr. Football player team guy, but I want to say, damn, there's a lot of money out there that's not being used in the salary cap. And I know the Dallas Cowboys aren't, but you know, again, this is just one of the avenues a, a player has to fight back in the business of the NFL world. And you know, right now he's kind of taking the, I'm just going to play football and let it work out and that's okay. But there's a lot of risk involved with that. Yeah. I mean, again, we're not trying to cause trouble. We're trying to help this guy get paid and somebody needs to get him to realize that now is the time to make your power play keeping with the theme of today's PFT live. Okay. John Elway, the GM of the Denver Broncos and one of the guys who was recognized in our draft for the all time great NFL power plays. He's okay with Joe Flacco, the veteran quarterback in Denver, not wanting to take the time to mentor rookie Drew Locke. Look, Flacco said it himself, and it wasn't done in an offensive way. It was very matter-of-fact, and, hey, I'm, I'm here to try to win football games. That's what I'm worried about. That's what I'm trying to do. I've seen some people suggest that it's selfish for a quarterback to take that approach. Kurt Warner saying that, you know, you want to you want to help this guy. And, and why do you want to help him? If you help him enough and he's better than you, then you're the one who's on the bench. I mean, the goal is to go out and be the best player you can be. Let the other players worry about being the best players they can be. Let the coaches worry about coaching them. And why are you going to try to help a guy who would in turn try to put your butt on the bench? Does Tom Brady help his backups? Hell no. Did Brett Favre help Aaron Rodgers? Hell no. I'm just surprised this has become like. I, I don't remember Kurt Warner be... helping out Eli Manning all that much. I don't remember like. Kurt oh, Warner the... wasn't happy that he got benched for Eli Manning. So, exactly. You know, I, I don't get that either, Mike. I, I really don't. First of all, Joe Flacco said, didn't say he was not going to mentor Drew Locke. He just said it wasn't his job to do it, which he's correct. Like, everybody back the F off. I mean, are you kidding me? I saw a picture on social media yesterday. You know what? Joe Flacco was doing he was talking to Drew Locke on the football field looked like he was explaining something to him hashtag mentoring okay <laughs> I mean damn that's not his job to be the mentor he didn't say he was never going to talk to the guy and not answer a question or give him words of wisdom but his number one goal as the franchise quarterback and being paid 20 million dollars a year for the Denver Broncos right now is to be the best he can be to make the team the best he can be his job is not walking into the door in the de- uh, at, at, in the in the morning here in the offseason the first thing going through his mind is "Ooh, how can I make Drew Locke better today are you kidding me everybody out there I mean he wants to win he wants to play good and if that is going through his head then damn he shouldn't be the starting quarterback so you know he's going to help out Drew Locke and he's going to answer questions and he's going to mentor he was just saying that's not his job and not his number one priority when he walks in on a daily basis and I agree with Joe Flacco there and always position is the rookie should be watching and learning exactly. from the veteran, but the veteran doesn't need to turn every after every play. See how I did that, Jimmy? Yeah, right. You see how we do that? That's yeah. how we do things here. No, right. the veteran does his thing and the, the backup does what he has to do to learn from it. All right. Ben Roethlisberger, apparently hearing the criticism emanating from a former teammate like Antonio Brown. He is uh, bonding with Steelers teammates hmm. at his Georgia lake house. So, hey, look, I, I, 
you know, the big criticism Brown was I never went over to his house. I never spent time with him. I like the idea that Ben Roethlisberger is changing, is learning from that criticism, is maybe taking the time to realize there's more to being a good teammate, being a good leader than just showing up for work. There are things you have to do away from work and and good for him that he's doing that. I, I think some of the criticism's overblown, but there is some validity to the idea if he's being aloof and distant from his teammates. And this is good. Yes. And this is only going to help the Steelers. And like Mike Tirico said when he was on with us earlier, this is a team we have to watch. They're in that mode where, you know, everyone's hair's on fire in the building trying to trying to prove that that what happened last year was an aberration, trying to prove that it's not time to go all in with the Browns. And this is the kind of thing that I think is just another brick in that wall that they're trying to build to show that they are the the best team in the division. Yeah, no, I think this is a, a positive move by Ben Roethlisberger, certainly. I mean, I you know, I, I, I'm on the, you know, and of course it's out there in the public media. So the first thing I think about is, oh, they're trying to publicize this to, you know, take the edge off of that conversation in general. But hey, these are important things. I mean, this is important for a starting quarterback to have that bond with their football players or, or teammates, especially the guys as a quarterback on the offensive side of the ball. We just saw Peyton, you know, not Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, go to the Kentucky Derby with some teammates, some ex-teammates, whatever it may be. But yeah, you have to be able to bond with players off the field, whether that's having a beer or going out to dinner and eating a steak, whatever it is. Uh, they got to be able to see the human aspect of you, especially at quarterback, and know that you care about them a little bit because then when you do correct them on the field or maybe you mother F them because they made a mistake, they know it's coming from a place of like football there and it's not personal and it's something different it takes the edge off the whole situation to where it's just important for a quarterback to have that part of his leadership uh you know be apparent that he cares for players and he's willing to hang out and be one of the guys and he's not always like I'm the quarterback and I'm the man and whatever I say goes uh that'll get old quick in a locker room yeah they're out riding around on his boat and there's a video of Juju Smith-Schuster in uh, apparently Roethlisberger's pool. And as Chris says from time to time, you can't hide money. Yeah. Shocker. Ben Roethlisberger has a really nice lake house in Georgia. Who would have ever <laughs> right. guessed that one? All right. Uh, one more before we break. And Chris, this one's just for you. This is so you can go into the weekend on a high note, pun intended. Calvin oh. Johnson has become a true believer in the medicinal powers of of marijuana and uh you know he talks about and this guy has emerged from the nfl with plenty of orthopedic problems talks about how cbd oil and and other uh related products are, yeah. are actually immediately helpful not just a gradual thing but immediately helpful with inflammation and pain and you know uh, hopefully the nfl will finally figure this out i mean the, the thing that could maybe help a lot of their guys deal with the chronic pain of playing in the nfl is hiding right in front of them exactly and because they have a 35 year old policy that they refuse to give up without a concession from the union they are making it harder for these guys to be available to play at the highest possible level pun intended right. on a regular basis yeah no i mean hey come on there's just there's there's too much science that's proving it does help in a lot of ways and you know at the very least again Again, you know, it's better than the opioid, you know, issue is going to painkiller route. And hey, okay, at least this is a natural plant coming from the earth. It's not a bunch of chemicals made up in a lab and smushed together in pill form. And you don't know even what it does to the chemistry of the inside of your body or, you know, some of the long-term effects there. But uh, yeah, I do think the NFL has, has to evolve here a little bit because it's just too many players uh, across the board who I know use marijuana or 
or ex-players that are smoking it because it does help out with the aches and pains, helps out with sleep at night for a stressful job like the NFL where, you know, every day you got to perform at your highest level to keep your job, to continue your career going, all of those things. Uh, and again, at a very base level, I mean, hey, yeah, I think it should be legal. You know me, Mike. I mean, yes, it's Thursday night, which is my Friday night, and it's Daddy Cigar Night for me. And it does. It helps me relax. You do have a medical card. I do have right? a medical card. Exactly right. Yes, because of my football injuries and things like that, I was qualified to get it. And I get it. And it does. I have little issues in my core, my lower back, my hip. You hear me complain about them a lot when we go off air and I stand up and stretch out. And I do find that it takes the edge off of that when stuff is really bothering me. Uh, it does make me feel better. Calvin Johnson said when he was doing Dancing with the Stars, he was using a CBD topical right. that he put on his ankles. His ankles were swelling. The relief happened almost overnight. I was already open-minded to marijuana, but after that, I became a true believer just because of the experience. Michigan has legalized recreational marijuana. They already have medicinal marijuana and Calvin Johnson getting into that business there. It, you know, I, I just feel like it's a matter of time before every state has recreational yeah. marijuana yeah I mean, it's almost half have medicinal and more and more are going recreational and there's a lot of money to be made now look i think there's danger in overusing of it of course but there are some true medicinal properties and and benefits from it. isn't it amazing that there's a chance that there's this magical plant like manna from heaven that god has provided us to cure a lot of our problems but because of like an overreaching governmental attitude toward marijuana like we haven't been able to use it all these years or at least haven't been able to use it legally it's just bizarre when you think about it if this thing can help solve these issues let's embrace it yeah no I agreed i mean yes uh you know me i thought it's a magical plan for quite so many years now so I, i'm all in on it and yeah really hey if you ever read the history behind it the bag stigma around it and again i know this is not a perfect thing and i'm not saying i condone this for everybody in the world and like you said overuse is bad but damn if alcohol is legal then this should be legal too i mean alcohol is killing hundreds of thousands of people in our country every year that's the number one causer for heart disease you talk about what it does to your liver and all those things. And of course, then there's the drunk driving aspect and all the other reckless things you do under the influence of alcohol. So at the very base level, marijuana is less dangerous to society than alcohol. Right there, bam, no more argument. I've always heard the reason it's got the bad stigma uh, really was because of the paper industry and the cotton industry. And if you read back, and I've read a few things that go back to lead you to that, but that's really where it came from because of hemp and everything like that the paper industry didn't like that back in the old days so this was part of their bad propaganda on killing the marijuana topic and all of that so that the paper could take over and i believe the cotton thing for clothes and things like that because hemp was used for that as well but uh, for all of my knowledge that's where uh the bad stigma comes for comes for or with marijuana for a guy who proudly proclaims that he's only read one book in his life, I'm surprised it wasn't a marijuana book. Well, I read articles and, you know, I read, you know, reports on lots of different things. I'm, I'm a reader. I just don't, I can't sit there and have the patience to read a 400 page book all the time. What's the marijuana magazine? Is it High Times? Is that the name of it? High Times. <laughs> yeah, right. That used to be a thing. You're right. I guess it's still around. I don't ever hear about it anymore. Well, uh, we'll be hearing more about marijuana and it's. I'm going to make with you smoke when you come up no, here to the house. No, I'm going to no, make you get no, on it. Yep. 
No, well, that's not it. You've never invited me. You've never invited me. At one point during football season last year, you said, hey, we need to have you over for dinner on a Saturday night. And I said, that's great. I'll do it anytime. And then you never brought it up again. Well, it was late in the year. There wasn't many Saturdays left, but it's coming. We want to have you over. My wife, for some strange reason, likes you. I don't know why, but I've we're keep- Italian and we're united <laughs> against the common enemy. Yeah, apparently you are. Yes. All right. That's it for today's PFTOT. Chris, enjoy your long weekend. We'll see you back on Monday. Big Cat will join me tomorrow for PFT Live. And check us out around the clock all day at profootballtalk.com. Is there a new on button coming today? Oh, yeah. We're taping here in a little bit. Yep, we're going to hit it all. Have some fun today. All right, we'll check it out later on. A new PFT PM as well. I got to mention that. I got to mention my own PFT product. And uh, we will see you when we get rolling bright and early on Friday morning. Everybody have a great Thursday. See ya. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. You can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside, repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that.